Boys R Us podcast, episode 28. We are back once again after 2-0 loss in the North London Derby. A lot to unpack, a lot to go over. I've purposefully avoided everything since the game, like avoided talking about it with people, <laughs> avoided Twitter, avoided the group chats. Um... Partially because I was kind of just over it, but also, you know, I wanted to have my own perspective when we discussed this today, and and I I didn't want everybody else's negativity to to weigh things down. So I guess out the gate, uh, Jesse, you're back. Welcome back uh, after missing Glad the last to be episode. Here, sort of. You're right. Uh, I guess we could start with you. What? was your takeaway after the game and um obviously we lost (laughs) but other than that i mean what do you think about the state of the team right now and 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 kind of the direction that we're in after uh the two nil loss yeah the same flux and up and down and wow this is a pivotal week in spurs land that we've been going every three weeks it feels like it's the most pivotal week in in spurs land for the the last two and a half years is how it it's feeling um so yeah another critical one here with this constant game of uh of of uh of chicken or or whatever you want to call it between conte and levy and the board and whatever else um and and just the fans in general the 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 whoever wins this battle the fans will ultimately lose um whether conte wins or levy wins the fans are just going to be you know continuously just in the wind with this stuff but uh, I mean, these are two incredibly big uh, qualifiers, but if it wasn't at home and against Arsenal, I, th- otherwise that was an encouraging game for me. Lloris was garbage. We can fully respect all he's done for the club, his his French national team accolades as well, but we can clearly say this year he is like a quarterback, just like who was like good last year, and then all of a sudden he he stinks. Um, and it's just making terrible decisions and making he was even just... good at the beginning of this season, I felt like. But then, um, yeah, like he's it's what his fourth goal more than any other team has that's directly leading to to a, to a, a fourth error that's directly leading to a goal. Um, Ramsdale was spectacular, yeah. Uh, but like Spurs generated a lot of good looks, uh, especially in the second half, even towards the end of the first half. Like, I think you know, depending on which XG you look at, it was between like you know, uh, Arsenal definitely had more, but but Spurs had between like 1.4 and 1.8, I think, everywhere I've seen, which is which is good. Like that's a good amount to typically generate and you'll you'll win more games than you lose or you'll get more results than you lose, you know, with those well, want, kind of I want to go back but, to what you were just saying a while ago, though, about Conte and, and Levy, because um, obviously there's there's been a whole bunch of noise um, in in. Spurs land, as you say, uh, with like the Enoch out, Levy out. There's people who are Conte out. There's people who are back Conte. Um, Why did you point that out specifically? I I guess like I'm asking, like, what do you think happened in this match? Or like, what is the match emblematic of that that kind of represents that Levy versus Conte dynamic? Yeah, it just feels like we're at that again. We're we're, we're two weeks there. There's been the Pedro Porro and or Marcus Edwards whispers for 
four weeks going on now at this point there still hasn't been any 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 solidified you know no one's coming through that door uh i mean i don't think that that there's been a ton of signings across the premier league which there typically isn't in january but we're one of the needier teams in that so it just feels like this is another of like wow well let's see what happens obviously like the arsenal project that they that, that you know arteta there was a there was a uh, a graphic going around when Arteta, I think it was last year, two years ago, had lost like had like one one win, one draw, and and ten losses in a in a twelve game stretch or something. They're like, well, look at Arsenal, they backed Arteta. Look at how shiny they are now. They're definitely building their team in a significantly different way. Arteta's a significantly different manager for a number of reasons than than Conte. So it just feels like any time that there's a uh, a North London Derby like this, especially when one of these teams, in this case our rivals, is ascending so well. It feels like it's the let's check on the progress of of where we're at, and this is this you know club versus the manager power struggle has been going on, you know, save the the Nuno uh, uh, blip, but it was happening you know the last two years of the Poch era. It was happening the entirety of the Mourinho era. It's happening the entirety of the Conte era. So it's just like this is just another reminder that it's that it's there of Conte versus Levy or or not even Conte like Conte is the he's the he's the one right now yeah it's it's like yeah. the it's like the one of those movies uh uh star is born that they just keep remaking over and over again with different main actors conte's <laughs> bradley cooper right now they're gonna make it again <laughs> in 15 years with ryan reynolds or something so it's just like that it's it's just this constant the last f- five years it's been it's been this like trying to play both sides not you know willing to be like hey let's kind yeah. of not necessarily blow it up but let's build and we and poach wanted to do that they didn't listen so they're like let's get this you know let's get Mourinho. and we got the new stadium and all these things and so it, it, and truthfully like there there's just a little bit of a unfortunate timing with with all of the the last handful of managers and spurs with the timing of of the um you know of the managers uh you know had they canned poach a year before the new stadium got in or right after then you go with the Mourinho or conte and then i think levy probably backs some more like yeah let's bring a trophy to the new stadium but then it was like, ah, oh, we could do this, we could do this. Just a very frustrating time to be a, a Tottenham supporter. It, it always is, but especially <laughs> right. um, in the last little bit. I've been dominating the opening salvo so here, so I'll uh, I'll listen to uh, to, uh, to to everybody else share their. Well, yeah, points. Kim, I was going to ask, like, how do you think this plays out? Like, what you know, this whole Conte Levy. It's now January seventeenth. There's less than two weeks left in the window. We haven't signed anyone yet. Um, yeah, at least how do you think this entire saga plays out? Or maybe I, I mean, should honest... ask, maybe I should say, how do you want it to play out and how do you think it actually will play out? <laughs> how do I want it to play out? Um I would prefer to see the least amount of disharmony here. <laughs> My goal is for people to get on the same page as much as possible be that with Conte or be that with someone else, but there needs to be a consistent vision between the coaching staff and the leadership of this club as to where this thing is going. So if you're going to hire a win now manager, then you need to operate like a club that wants to win now and actually do that kind of stuff. If you're going to hire a project manager, act like a project, but we can't straddle this line of trying to do both. So to me, the best case scenario is making a decision on which way we want to move this club and move in that direction, be that with or without Conte. Right now, Conte doesn't seem like he wants to commit to the club. 
The club doesn't seem like it wants to commit to Conte. All of this is going to come to a head at some point. But my hope is just some sort of harmony about where we are going forward. Like I say, if, if that's going to be a project, let it be a project. If that's going to be um, us truly trying to win now, let us do that. But this straddling the line of trying to do both means that we don't do one of the other well. And it ends up to where we are, where we feel like it feels like the end of the world. And we're still in what, sixth? <laughs> like it's it's one of those things where I think because we don't like the way the football looks on the pitch, struggling feels even harder like the the way we struggle to do things on the pitch it makes it even harder to like get around the team but if you if you're watching a team that like look like they tried hard all the time um you know maybe didn't win all matches and maybe they were in sixth but if they look like they were all heading in the right direction if it looked like there was going to be some uh you know something at the end of the rainbow then I think everybody would feel different about this but right now it just feels like Nobody wants to be here. <laughs> well, I'll have you know, Kim, we're in fifth. So okay, thank you so very I'm much. Fifth. I mean, <laughs> but, that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it feels like it's the end of the world. Like the way that the way that it, like. So that's so. Yeah. Does it really feel like it's the end of the world or, because we lost the Arsenal at home? Or is it because our fans are just uh, being melodramatic? Yeah. Like, is it? I mean, I don't I, like I, I don't know how much of this is based on the results of what we're actually seeing, how much of it is based on like confirmation bias from everybody that we're hearing around us. The media doesn't even really seem to be talking about us. So I can't blame them. Um, frankly, we're, we're an afterthought for all, for all intents and purposes. I mean, for a lot of the time that I've been a Spurs fan, I think this is year seven or eight now. Um, it did feel like there was kind of like this, dismissiveness about Spurs when we would play really well it was like oh well you know it's it's Tottenham so at the end of the day like we're not going to give them too much credit and now we're kind of like I guess regressing back to the mean of like where we were kind of before I started watching this club and before Pochettino kind of took them to title contendership um and so now I it's it it just feels like we're kind of like a non-story um, amongst everyone outside of the the, the Tottenham circle. Um, Chelsea is obviously a big story with them being really bad and Liverpool's in ninth and, and Newcastle's in third. And like, there are a lot of other things going on in the Premier League where it's like, eh, Tottenham's not that good and they win sometimes in the last minute, um, but it's not really a thing. And so I do, I don't even like I'm asking a lot of questions, I guess, to start the podcast because I don't even really know how I feel about it, um, about it all. I, I think I went into the match feeling confident, I but not necessarily like we're definitely going to win. But like I felt eh, we could do a job here, um, but also not like that worried about what would happen. Um, and then what happened happened. And I was just kind of like, all right, like I we lost to a better team. And then like, this is probably the first time in five or six years that like, they're definitely better than us, which sucks. But um, what, like what, what bothers me is like, they can be a better team, but like, why do we have to truly like shit the bed when we play this team? <laughs> like, why did we did it twice? 
well, here's this another, year. Here's like, we literally point that shit the bed when we played this team. And and so I think a part of the reason I was not as disappointed, like I was watching the game at the pub with DC Spurs, and one of my friends was like livid, like he was like screaming and yelling, and he's like, "I gotta go outside. I need a break." Um, and I was just kind of like, you know, I guess I've tempered my expectations at some point because when you look at our schedule particularly in the premier league, like we haven't beaten any good teams. Um, our, our best result in the league this year was the draw at Stamford bridge. And it turns out Chelsea's not even good. <laughs> so it, it's hard to, it's obviously a game you want to win, right? You want to be Arsenal, particularly when you're at home. Um, I would have obviously wanted us to win, but I can't really be that surprised because to this point, we haven't, beaten any good teams and arsenal is a good team right now so it was kind of just like i've seen this movie before ben what were your thoughts going into the game and and, and how did they compare to your thoughts at, at the at full time well i mean my prediction was not very good obviously that was more of a kind of a wish cast i think that's that's the way it's been for the last few months but i feel <laughs> yeah. like oh overall um I feel like that we've been kind of on a, a, a steady simmer towards this moment all season. And yeah, it's really started to come right. to a boil exactly. after the world cup. Cause everybody was just kind of being patient uh, as the, the, um, the style of play and the, uh, the, the inconsistency. Of play. Yeah. It didn't look that not great playing in the first half. And so we're just kind of fingers crossed. Let's get through this after we get through the, after we get by the world cup, then we'll see Spurs actually come out and play. And obviously that Villa game in particular, I think left a really bad taste in a lot of fans' mouths. Um, and then this is going to do the same thing. And this is why I was saying a couple of weeks ago, I could see things escalating really quickly with anti, anti-Conte vibes. Cause there, we already know there's anti-Enic, Levy out, all that stuff, but I could see Conte taking more and more of the brunt of this. Cause he's, he's continuing to kind of separate himself from the club and, and making it as if they're, they're two separate entities and he's just doing his job. and and it's not going along with the plans of the front office. That's the joke. And I don't, that, it didn't work and I don't necessarily him. disagree with him, but that's not how you show unity, right? That's not how you, that's not how I think that a head coach should handle that personally. I think that I, I'm glad he's not doing the Mourinho thing and blaming his players, even though I think some of, some of his comments about the players, he's really happy with the performance because they tried hard is like, I mean, not to go too hard on the participation trophy thing, but I they're, like, yeah, they, I, I hope they play hard. They're, they're professional athletes. They're getting paid a lot of money to do that, but you need results as well. At least you need, you need more consistency, right? It's, it's not like we're playing really well and getting unlucky. Like we're not playing that well. And we're this game. Like, I don't disagree with what Jesse was saying, what they expected, you know, goal difference, but I would also say there's a lot of game state in that. Like Arsenal sat off in the whole second half. Like we, they weren't worried about us because we don't, we're not, we're not lethal in the attack and they can still hit us on the counter. I, I don't know. As you can hear, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not super optimistic about the, the current, um, the short-term prospects here. And I, I think that we've gotten ourselves, we painted ourselves into a corner now where it's hard not to at least stick with Conte for the last, for the end of the season, at least, right. We already put all our eggs in this basket. Kane and, and son are not getting any younger. They're, they're basically leaving their prime right now. We're going to have to do a massive rebuild at some point in time but I guess you might as well squeeze the last few drops out of it as you can the, the second half of the season, season, even though we have very little play for, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard not to th- like, it's hard not to think maybe we should just start a rebuild now, but I don't think we're going to find suitors for like Kane and son and some of these big names. And that would really piss the fans off too. So I don't know. I think we're in a tight spot and 
I don't think there's a great answer. That's probably why you're you're full of questions and not answers. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, you look at the table and we're in fifth place somehow, um, which is not... Lucky results to an extent, though. I mean, just like we talked about earlier, we had a lot of, like, last... Well, last I, 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 will, I will say this. I will say this. There's a lot about our players and our effort and the way that we show up to games that I could complain True. about. Yeah, fair enough, for sure. Um, but I will say that the way that they were able to make a lot of those second-half comebacks and pull games out of nowhere, out of a magic hat, is those are performances and that you have to give, and you have I would to give not some see from Spurs in years past. We and would you have, have to give some credit to Conte for lost. that one at least, because yeah, you I can mean, tell the players have not given up on him. While I don't think he's made them improve, and if anything, they've regressed since last year. That does not look like a dressing room that's given up on the manager. I don't it think seems, so either. Yeah. So with that said, like it does feel like you said, like we're kind of at a crossroads here. Um, which is odd because like we're not in the same position as like Liverpool who I, who I feel is at really at the, at, at a crossroads. Right. Um, but it, it doesn't feel like we're in a better position Liverpool. than we are. It's nice to be that, at, at a crossroads after you won a couple freaking championships and not just at another crossroads on your way to trying to win literally the most least important cup. I'll settle for a crossroads if we freaking win as much as Liverpool did. Yeah, Liverpool is like the extremely wealthy version of what Spurs, this extremely rich man's version of Spurs from a few years ago where it was starting to come to a head with Poach. It seems like it's starting to be that way with Klopp where the wheels are starting to come off a little bit. Some of their their central players have aged and they haven't replaced them either soon enough or with the right pieces. But like you just said, it doesn't feel like that. That's not as bittersweet as it was with Poach because they had a lot more sweetness to go with their current bitterness in the form of uh, you know Champions League and Premier League title. So. Nobody can see this, but I'm looking at everybody's face. Kim is just so not even invested in this. If Kim didn't love this podcast, she didn't want to be here talking about Spurs tonight. Like that's what Spurs have done to us. Like, <laughs> not that we're all as 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 optimistic as me, and obviously I'm not even today. But the 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 ray of the corner of sunshine and the quadrant of Zoom that I usually get from Kimmy, Spurs have taken it away. <laughs> That's the way I felt too, though. When we first started, I literally had nothing to say. Like, I'm just like, I don't like, it's just as disappointing. And I don't know what to do about, like, I don't know what the best answer is. Honestly, it's tough because you, it's like the fans are like willing this team to play well. And they do that for a half at a time. And we just find ourselves, I mean, we found ourselves down two goals and then tried to play again, like always. And to me, that's like, that's on the coach above anybody. Like I, we have to, I feel like there's, there's a lot of people that are not trying are, are really blaming the front office and saying like Conte doesn't have the players, but much of this team is the team that was there last year and they found motivation. Then if the coach cannot get this team to be motivated to play 90 minutes, then like we got to start having questions about that. And he, shouldn't just be able to skate and just say like oh I don't have the guys like Conte has to take that on and really like understand and try to get the team to play with fervor consistently like that's the that should be the baseline like you should play with effort we shouldn't be consistently saying this team gave a hundred percent and 
We can't so let, really let me that. ask you then real quick. I want to just get everybody's react, like, uh, I guess a quick take on it for right now is where, what is, where does everybody stand right now is more Conte out or stick with Conte for at least the rest of the year. For sure. Stick with Conte at least the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree. I'm not saying uh, that with joy in my heart, but I think it would I, just be ridiculous think, now to go out and try to get somebody else. I think that like, I'm, I think that's the camp I'm in is that I, 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 my heart says get rid of Conte and let's move on. Cause I don't think it's going to work out. But at the same time, like I said, I, it's, uh, it's, it, it, all right. There's the balance right between we've come this far and then the whole like lost cost fallacy. Like I don't want to invest a bunch of money to, to more Conte players when there's absolutely nothing beyond this short-term plan that even that is up in the air. Well, that's, well, that's why the ownership isn't spending the money. And it's, it, this is, it's funny because I feel like we have been having some variation of this conversation for the majority of this season. We've dabbled on the whole free agency window. We've talked about the whole, like what's going to happen with Kane and son if Conte leaves and what's going to happen when we're not pulling out wins in the 92nd minute, like all of these things we have touched on in previous episodes. And I feel like now they're kind of all coming to a head. The reason I would say I'm still Conte in is for a number of reasons. Well, primarily because I don't think we're going to be able to find a better coach at this point in the game. Um, I also feel like it's kind of what, what Kim alluded to earlier, which is like, if you're going to make a decision, then you have to just back the decision. And, and, well, so that's the question, though. It, it, so do you support Conte financially in this last two weeks? Do you go out and, and spend 50, 60, 70 million on a couple players? Yeah, I mean, like more. we we, I, we bought I, I the would. freaking race car driver. Let's give him the car yeah. to try. I, it's not my money. It's a lot easier to say, yeah. but it's not as if we've talked about this. You guys talked about this in the last pod that I missed that like it's not as if this is like we're rubbing nickels together in the bottom of Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to try and make the freaking rent. Like this is a one of the richest clubs in the world. At the end of the day, 70 million this this window or a hundred million this window, which is we're not gonna do it's not gonna be that's not gonna bankrupt the club. It's gonna be less returns for Enoch shareholders or whatever, but it's not like we're like, oh, oh, it just we can barely get a couple of nickels together. We're paupers, we're a poor club, like you know, we don't have a, the, the oligarch money, but we're not a freaking broke club. We we got the race car driver. Give him the car parts and the car that he needs, and let's at least see what happens. That's the thing I would also say with, like, the Mourinho era, which is, like, I don't think Mourinho is the right fit for Spurs, but mostly because of this, right? Like, Mourinho is also the type of coach that has a very specific way that he believes football is supposed to be played, and if players don't fit that model of playing football in that way, he will not play them and they're useless. Conte is damn near as rigid as Mourinho. And for us to be, you know, the one club that Mourinho coached and win anything at is a lot having to do with like Spurs not really doing the things that they're supposed to do. And then he, he does coach us to a final and then they sack him a week before the game, which is like, just let him coach the final. Either he wins it and great, we got a trophy, or he doesn't win it, and then you can say, "Hey, you didn't, you didn't coach us well enough." But like sacking him the week, so I, I'm not saying we should have kept Mourinho past that year anyway. Um, but I feel like it's indicative of like this indecisiveness of like, 
I'm going to get this big name coach because it's splashy and I can slap it up on my social media and it's going to make people interested in the club, but I'm not going to do any of the things that's going to help him be the coach that he is or to be successful. It's funny. Um, the other day when um, city played Chelsea in some cup and they were asking Pep Guardiola in the post game about Graham Potter and like, is the seat hot for him? And, you know, what are your thoughts? And he said, you know, he needs time. Just give him time. Like, granted, I've never been in that situation because, you know, I had Leo Messi <laughs> and he doesn't have that. And so, like, he has to, <laughs> right? And it's like, I'm bringing up Pep because I'm, I'm, I, I do wonder when I think about coaches like Guardiola and coaches like, you know, Phil Jackson in basketball, right? Like, super successful everywhere they go, but also have really great players like Leo Messi and Kevin De Bruyne and Erling Haaland. And like, yeah, I, I guess I wonder if, if you're only able to coach one way, are you a great coach or are you just really great at a specific system? And it's like, if you're telling me that you can't win games with, Harry Kane and Hilming Sun and um, Christian Romero. And like, we have a better lineup than most of the teams in the Premier League. And you can't do anything with them. And then when they play poorly, you're like, well, at least they tried kind of hard. So I'm, I'm still proud of them. It's like, dude, this is not really very convincing. And it makes me feel like maybe you're a little overrated because you're not really making anybody better right now. Um, it feels like he's just kind of there watching them screw around. And then it's kind of like, well, eh, I couldn't do anything about it. It's different than Mourinho because Mourinho would say, you know, the players aren't good enough and I need better guys. Whereas Conte's approach almost feels like, I know these players aren't good. And so I don't expect very much from them. Like the way that he talks about their performances when they play poorly is almost like, this is as good as I could expect from this group of players, which is like kind of like what Mourinho is doing, but just in a passive aggressive way. Um, so my, my thing is, is like, how can you expect this team to rally around this coach and truly play for him when, when he talks about, the, he talks about them very passive aggressively and it's always, you know, they tried and it's very, to me, it's very patronizing. Like these are grown men and we shouldn't be talking about how hard they tried. We should be talking about, like, and the thing is, they're not trying that hard. <laughs> so what are you saying? Like, if if I felt, if we felt like they were playing, like I said, 100%, we wouldn't be having some of these conversations, but they go out and we're like, like, really, what are you guys doing? And so some do of you, it's do mental. Do you think if he said that in the presser that that would influence them in 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 one way or the, another? I mean, like, he did I, it last I, year. <laughs> I almost get the sense that like, and granted, we've had very important injuries, right? Kulisevsky's been out, Benson Kerr's been out, blah, 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 blah. Um, Romero, I forgot he played for our team for half the season. But it's almost like, what then? Like, you're giving guys like Hill and Saar opportunities only when you absolutely have to. They've actually played pretty well when they've gotten the opportunity. 
Well, what, necessity what would have is happened the mother if, of invention, what, right? Right. Or, but, yeah, what, 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 so that's what, why we've been forced to start these guys because we have to. We're never going to give them the chance unless we. That have doesn't to. speak that well to uh, to him as a coach, though. No, that's a that, historical and that's, thing. And that's my that's a phrase because it's a thing. Like necessity is the mother of invention. Not that we're inventing new things, but like you kind of are forced to try new things when nothing else is working or every other option is taken. taken but the thing away. is, like, if it's like. Oh, I didn't think these guys were very good, but now I have to play them. And like, oh, they're actually eh, doing a decent job. Like, but Spence still can't get a run. And we don't like it's not like Matt Doherty is is blowing people away on the on the right wing. So like I don't really get exactly what the hesitation is, particularly when your main guys aren't winning the games. <laughs> so it's like, just try something else throw a Harvey white out there. Like, and that's something that I will say coaches like um, Guardiola and Klopp will do. Granted, they have a lot better players around them, but like big clubs still play young guys because you have to give them, that's the only way they're going to get better. It almost sounds like I'm talking about the Knicks because I feel like we were saying the same thing last year about coach Thibodeau. Um, Like this, this rigidity where you're like, so one track minded that you're unwilling to try other things. But if it's like, bro, the thing that you're trying isn't working. <laughs> so just try something. What's the worst that can happen? You lose the game. You're losing the game anyway. Yeah. And that's just the thing about Conte that I think, which is why you would say every couple years, it comes to a head for Conte because but we knew this a was lot a two year gig when we hired him. We did. We did. Um, but we just, I don't know. I guess I just expected after last year, you just expected them to be maybe not even like a ton better, but at least at least as good. comparable. Yeah, at least comparable to what 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 was going on. And and the thing is, is like we haven't we haven't seen like little growth in this team. And that to me is the most like disappointing thing is like you know if we started the season and things were like you know things started off fairly well and they got a little rocky we were winning games by the skin of our teeth if I felt like we came back after the break and was like all right even if we drew a game here won a game there but I felt like performances consistently felt like they were getting better but it's like this up and down thing. And like you, you, you'll you come into one half and you'll be like, this is terrible. You'll come out the next half and be like, well, that was great. And it, it, it just feels like there is no consistency and there's no growth. And and then you really feel like you're just moving in circles. And well, that's that to me was, is the most disappointing thing. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying earlier. And I completely agree. Is I, I feel like a lot of people were almost like suspending their disappointment in the, in the team until after the World Cup. We we're willing to wait to see things turn around and like I said, that Villa game in particular for me, and I think probably for a lot of fans. Because they got a whole a six, seven awakening. week break. So then it's like, bro, whatever whatever demons you need to exercise, get rid of them and then come back fresh. And well, the, the idea guys, that they were you know, conserving like, their energy for after this tournament, right? That they had been kind of conserving their energy for that. And maybe that it wasn't even going to happen right away, but for it to look just as bad as that did the entire first half or whatever of the season, and then almost to a degree worse. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, like I said, I think it very quickly comes to a head when when everybody is kind of waiting for this this turning point that you're, you're, you're you know, 
kind of forecasting for a while and then it just doesn't happen at all and you keep going straight towards that brick wall yeah so uh <laughs> we we got city this week <laughs> so here's the not thing any better anytime soon <laughs> here's the thing about that i mean the last time everything was looking terrible and we were playing city decky had just joined it was late january early february we were like plus 900 to win and we beat him 3-2 in the 93rd minute or whatever. I'm not saying that'll happen again, but feels this a little time similar. It, like a This time it's got to be extra Spurs, either, and have the extra negative connotations. We're just handing Arsenal more points towards their title chase if we, if we actually do take City out. Yeah, I don't know if I actually want us to at this point. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm kind of, like, resigned to whatever – crap our season is going to become i just don't want them to win the title <laughs> if they if they finish second this is a good year because i feel like that's gonna be the worst case scenario particularly if we're not gonna win anything i don't want to see them win and that's probably a pretty you know pragmatic uh <laughs> cynical way to look at things but um i feel like you know i i was i was saying this to some of my friends after the game like, I feel like for me, that's like the biggest thing right now is them not winning the title. Um, I think is in terms of Spurs, I think our biggest priority should just be the FA Cup. It's the competition that I think we have the best possible return from um, outside you know of the, obviously. The anti-Jesse uh, Spursy prediction, though, is uh, Spurs will, like, will say make the semifinal the FA Cup, um, finishing the uh, Europa uh, not Europa, but the what's the other stupid conference, conference, league? conference league? Yeah, we're going to be in the conference league. Arsenal run away to the 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 uh, league lead, and we'll uh, we'll end up finishing the quarters or semis in the FA Cup and go out to a, like a uh, a championship team or something in the in the semis. Not even. <laughs> oh, by by no means am I saying I think we'll we 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 should win the the FA Cup. We're not the favorites. <laughs> we're definitely not the favorites, and we definitely have the propensity to lose to lower league clubs. I guess I feel like at this point, I almost don't even care where we finish in the Premier League. Like this whole top four chase to me is like, I, I just don't care anymore. Um, for us to qualify for top four, well, let's think about what what does that do for us? Um, it's It's a nice thing to say. So yeah, you're in the top four, congratulations. You get to qualify for the Champions League, which is nice. You get to hear the music. You get to buy the shirts with the with the patch on the side. But it's a competition we kind of already know we're probably not going to win. And, and our real ambition is just to get out the group stage anyway. So in that sense, we're like, you know, the USA qualifying for the World Cup. Congratulations. Okay, well, even if you don't win the, the Champions League, you get a whole bunch of money. Well, we just talked about how we don't use our money. And when we do use it, Tangi and Dombele, or we're spending $60 million for a backup striker. We spent a lot of time last season at the end of the year talking about how important it was going to be to finish in the top four because of the returns that we would see in the summer because people want to play for a Champions League club and that's going to be able to get us a higher caliber of player. Okay. We did get Perisic. That's probably a player we're not getting without Champions League. And he leads our team in assists. So I, I, I'll give that one. A 60 million, 60 million for a backup striker in Richarlison 
Like, I don't know that he's made any significant difference on our team to this point. So I don't know that us winning Champions League. I mean, we're not in the Champions there. League still, if not for his brace against uh, Marseille in the opener, M- more than likely. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, great. Um, I, I still feel like he hasn't. I guess my point is this. If I look at the window that we had this summer, I, w- I, I wouldn't walk away from that thinking, wow, us finishing top four made a huge difference because look at the caliber of players we were able to bring in. Like, I don't think we would have had that much of a different window if we finished fifth. So us finishing fourth again just to get out the group stage and still not spend the money, like, it just feels like I don't really care about that anymore. Um, I'm much more concerned about how we're going to do in the FA cup and how we're going to do in the champions league premier league. Great. I'll watch the games. I'll hope we win. But like, if we don't, I I don't, I just, it just feels like it doesn't matter anymore. And that's maybe why I wasn't so upset at the end of the arsenal match, because I was just kind of just like, this just doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, I don't know. That's that feels that feels really negative to say, but I, I guess that's just where I'm at right now. And I need to see something from this team to make me feel like it's worth me caring. So that's yeah. fun. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely times where I check out of a season. I'm not there with this team at this point. I, I checked out to of most of the last several Dolphins seasons. Um, not this year, just in time to get hurt. Uh, I have checked out of a lot of, a lot of Nick seasons in the past. Um, so yeah, I get if you're there and if you're like, yeah, I'll watch the games, but I'm not going to get too excited, too upset. Like I I definitely, I've been more upset, uh, after, after losses. Um, you know, I'm not quite to like the despondent or, or unmoved, you know, nonplussed from this one, but, um, yeah, can we add a new uh, instead of Spurs triangle? We could do a uh, Spurs rectangle with uh, Spurs nihilism as the fourth. Yeah. One. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you know. Uh, um, I'm just you know, trying to. Joel said like, earlier, like we to lost to a like, better team this time. It yeah. sucks that the better team is 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 our chief rival. That sucks. But like, we lost to a better team. It's this is not the same. But like. I didn't really expect a whole lot from the from the New York Yankees when they got matched up with the um, Astros in the ALCS because the Astros, as much as I hate those cheating Texans, they're a better team. They're just a better team. They've made a bunch of good decisions the last five years. The Yankees have mostly made bad decisions the last five years. Sounds familiar. Losing to them, but it was just like they're a better team. I don't expect to win. In that case, they. The 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 Astros beat the Yankees in the LCS 4-0. Our last two games to Arsenal this year, we've lost 5-1. So a four-game or goal difference. It's sort of how I felt of like it, it just sucks when it's that when it's that team. But you know, what you're also at the top, like you sometimes you just lose to a better team. That's what this is. Again, we we talked about this in the first post pod after the uh, the, the the post-cup pod. Like we're gonna know where we're at and what the rest of the season is by Valentine's Day. Obviously, we still have a, an FA Cup tie or two by then, but like it, it's it's obviously increasingly not looking like a 
um, you know, it's going to be a, a premier league def, obviously not a title run, not that we ever thought that was happening this year, but it looks increasingly difficult to, to maintain that champions league position this year. I mean, I, I do think going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the pod that, you know, this has made the Levy out noise even louder in large part based on the comparison factor, right? Like we have been better than Arsenal for probably the last five years, six years. Um, and I think this is the first time in a while after years and years and years of them dominating us, to be fair. Um, this is the first time in a while where it's like, oh, we are definitely not as good as them this year. And I think by looking at how that's happened, if if you're better than a club for five or six years in a row, and then you're just clearly not anymore, that has a lot to do with like how you've invested in your future. And, and they've done that and we haven't. Um, and that's that's kind of where we end up now. I mean, I say all that to say, it's going to be important for us to get something out of this season other than losing a bunch of competitions and finishing fourth again. I also feel like, I don't know how Conte feels. <laughs> I think that's the most frustrating part about all of this is like, I, I don't know if he just wants to see out his contract and like get the hell out of Dodge. A part of me also feels like, based on everything I've seen from him when he was at Juve and then even when he was at Inter, like he also doesn't seem like a coach that cares that much about waiting on a contract. Like I, if he was really that over it, like I, I could also just see him resigning, but he hasn't done that either. Um, and so it's, it's very difficult to kind of see like where he's at with this and what he's expecting from the season. I don't know if he's just waiting for guys to get healthy so that he can play the lineup that he actually wants to like I, I just don't know um I do just feel like it's going to be important for us to feel some sort of progress by getting somewhere in one of these other competitions because I just yeah I mean I, I've said my piece but I will say this if you told me that we would win the FA Cup and finish 10th I would take it right now well, yeah for sure so hundo I just feel like we just need to put our eggs in that in that basket. And <laughs> like if we lose to City and Fulham, now who cares? Like, like I don't I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's a, a a hot take, so to speak, but like the league is only as important as as your ambitions. And we haven't put in a lot of effort into winning the league. Um so it's like, well, just try to win something else then. A tournament is something that's a little bit more achievable. And I just want to see us win something. <laughs> like That's it, man. That's it. But like, even if we're putting our eggs in the proverbial FA Cup basket, the team still has to play well for that, like for any of this to even be remotely possible. Like we can't keep going on the way that we're going on right now. Like things have to change somehow something has to improve somewhere or it will come to a head where we'll just have to be like something has something has to change I don't know what it is I don't know what's going to happen but something has to change like the team can't keep going on in the way that it's going on right now so if we're saying you know the players haven't quit on the coach um it's now been 
19 games, so half the season is gone. We've seen kind of the same play hard for the first 10 minutes, then be trash for the next 35, concede maybe once, maybe twice, second half, come out and, like, actually play football. We've done that over and over and over again. What do you think is the reason that's happening? Because it, first of all, it didn't happen last year. And second of all, like if this was a team that just was ignoring the coach or was over it or was like just working to get him sacked, I don't think they would try in the second half. So how is it possible that we can play hard when we're behind but not after the first 10 minutes of the, like it's it's just a weird dynamic and i don't know even what conclusion to draw from it this is this is the same thing we were talking about during the first half of the season and i think i mean this is obviously just a guess but it makes the most sense that it's just the, the uh how heavy the schedule is we, we knew that conte is not more than a one game a week type manager and whether it's coming then from the manager or from the players or the training staff or how exactly it's manifesting, I don't know. But it seems like they're trying to conserve energy and not get out of first gear until they go behind. And so they're basically trying to uh, shorten the game and then just play high energy for the tail end because that's what they need the most, I guess. I I, I really don't know. It's the, the baffling part to me is why they don't do this in the first half and then try to put the brakes on in the second half. Maybe they feel like that is will leave them too open to conceding late goals, but and that this is a, a better strategy. And I guess to be fair, it has worked out a lot this season. And like Mourinho was the exact opposite, right? We would score one goal and then just park the bus the rest of the game. And we ended up losing a lot of those games. So maybe this is a better strategy. I really think it's just lack of squad rotation and the sheer schedule, the sheer amount of games in, in such a tight window. That's my best guess, at least. Yeah, I mean, I'll co-sign that. I, I don't have a great guess either, but yeah, it just feels like, yeah, weird weird season, smaller squad already, and then especially further so because of some of the injuries and different timings of things like that that we've had. Um, and then just the general, not all of the um, specific players or specific type of players that that fit what Conte is trying to do. So he's he's just like, hey, look, I mean, obviously more complex than this, but like, hey, guys, Try to keep it close, play a little bit back, let the game come to you a little bit in the first half, and then and then let's be a little bit more open in the in the second. The problem I is mean, we're too we're too mistake prone to have that happen. Right. Our start, yeah. I mean, the reason Jose's the reason that Jose's method never worked is because our defense wasn't good enough, right? And and the defense still isn't very good. And so I think from that perspective, like, yeah, it does make more sense to try to win the game on offense than on defense because we have Harry Kane <laughs> and we don't have a good, good, a good defense. And I, and I hear the whole, like, maybe this is strategic, but then the players get interviewed after the games and they'll be like, yeah, it's, yeah, we need to stop conceding early. So it's like, all right, well, maybe that isn't part of the game plan. <laughs> so how does it keep happening? Like it's, it's just very baffling to me and I don't it's it's completely predictable but I just don't know why I just don't know why well um <laughs> city on Thursday 
City on Thursday. Three two Spurs. Wild one. City's that, not playing all that well either. So City's not playing well, but that also, you know, that also makes me feel worse about it. <laughs> so I, I feel like they've had some poor performances the past few weeks. They lost to Southampton. They lost to United. I'm going to use my white hot streak of terrible picks to uh, reverse jinx it. So I'm going to pick City to win because I think then Spurs will actually win because I've been terrible at it so far. Use your powers yeah. for good, Ben. Exactly. Use my my terrible prediction powers to the the good of Spurs. So, is Spurs winning good? Uh, is that too cynical? I, theory. I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's early. We still have them again. We can give them three points later on. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, this for this this match on Thursday is is at. The Etihad, if it makes any difference. Um, not that we play particularly well at home as it is, but um, yeah, they're not in good form right now. And um, it, it does have a little sense of doc, Dr. Tottenham to it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with City too. Like I I'm gonna say two one. They're not scoring like they used to, but I think they'll have enough to be able to beat our defense. Well, they've been doing that style, right, of scoring early and then just kind of sitting off, sitting back. Except they, theirs is more sit there with kind of boring possession. Their offense does not look the same. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's Harland. I don't know if it's just like we're tired of hearing this 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 guy. You know, like I think sometimes that that happens a little bit when you have a coach that's there for a while, and then sometimes the the instructions just don't don't hit the same. Um, but like they just don't. They're not the team that was scoring four or five goals every weekend. They just don't look the same anymore. So, um, but yeah, I think they have enough. And I just, I don't know where we are right now. I think so much of our offense is is right now um, dependent on Kulisevsky, especially with Sun being so bad. And he was rusty against Arsenal. Um, I do think like he created more chances than mostly anybody else on the team. He just wasn't um in the same form that he was in at the end of the season last year so i think that will come um but i don't know if it's going to be there yet on thursday um and as far as sun is concerned like i've kind of given up hope <laughs> um it's it's now it, we're now halfway through the season he still hasn't played well yet so i don't know what's i don't know what to expect other than what we've gotten up to this point i mean if he turns it around, then great. Surprise me, but I'm not expecting it anymore. Yeah, I think they should start using him more as the super sub. Like he his one good Premier League game of the season, a really good game. The, the I agree, game, like, yeah. but Richie has to come back first. And so until that happens, he's, he, he's, he's supposed to be back this weekend, though, right? Like uh, he, he played a little bit. Yeah, he played, uh, he played a little bit on Sunday, but he he what he's not ready to play. 60 minutes. 70 minutes yet how about hill and kulisevsky i haven't played 45 minutes i mean like let's try something sun can't keep getting it's it, it, it's the freaking uh verbal meme of the um breaking bad gif of jesse pinkman screaming about um walter white he can't keep getting away with this in like <laughs> season four spoiler three spoiler alert when uh, I that was a heartbreaking he episode his, his too, girlfriend man. yeah but like yeah, that's Sonny tough. can't keep getting away with this again. Different man. situation. Club, club, iconic, terrific player, Golden Boot winner last year. 
Hugo's cooked. Hugo is fully overcooked. He's done. Sonny just is not it right now. He needs something different, like get change the recipe. Sonny needs to, to even if he's just coming on at the half, like if, 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 uh, if Richie can only get 45 minutes, give him 45 minutes, freaking put Perisic up front left. He can do that. He does it for Croatia. That's and, true. And give somebody else, you know, put well, we somebody have else five left. Subs. With, in with, left back. With our issue of, of uh, us playing so limp in the first half, I wonder why we don't do something like have planned subs at halftime, like where you literally like swap out your forwards at halftime, like play heel the entire first half and then bring Sun and put the entire first. And it's a planned sub ahead of time, basically, just to, to say, like, use burn up all your energy, you know, burn up all your energy in that first half. And we have somebody else coming on. They could use all their energy in that second. We have all the subs. Why use them all in like the 80th minute? Give a guy three minute runouts. When Our could, substitution like, decisions have been baffling. Um, Another thing that I think has been baffling is the fact that Sun scored a hat trick playing off the bench, and then we just never played him off the yeah, bench. Let's again. not try that again ever. The thing that worked really well. Absolutely baffling. Yeah. I, I don't know. All right. Well, I'll quickly give my prediction. Um, I am going to go two two. Uh, I feel like the last time that we went to City, we did win. Um, and I think the time before that was like a 2-2. And it sort of reminds me of that season um, where we weren't playing that well. And then I think that was like the Lucas Mora header that he got randomly. Um, I remember that, yeah. Off City, a corner. City, yeah, off a corner because City always, it's a team full of short people <laughs> for the most part. Um, they got yeah. a little taller in the in like the most recent, obviously Holland and some of their center backs are a little taller, but for a while they were putting out Raheem Sterling and having him defend corners. So um, I do think we can get a result there. It's And it's not going to be the result that I think any of us want because um, like some of us would prefer us to drop points. Some of us would prefer us to win. Um, I think it'll just be sort of down the middle. Like I don't feel like they're in a good place and I don't feel like we're in a good place. And so I sort of feel like uh, we're both teams at this moment that I feel like that will give up a goal. They don't seem to stout at the back either. So no. um, I can see that being like, I can see like us just getting probably like getting a corner, a set piece, and then just randomly getting another goal. But I can also see us, you know, giving up two stupid goals. So there, there we are. Uh, not too excited about this match, but you know, here we are. Was that everyone? Yeah, that's everybody. I was the oh, last yeah. one. Man, <laughs> I don't think I actually gave a score. I was just saying city. So I'm gonna go. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm gonna go three one city. I almost really, said, I almost said really, three one, but I don't trust their offense enough. That's the only reason I said two. I'm just um, trying to to tempt the gods of uh, of fate here, and you know. Hey, listen. I, maybe I should put it, some money on city. If there's one thing, if there's one thing that we know after watching 19 uh, Premier League games with this team is that we are completely unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen. You don't know. I mean, you do know to a certain extent. Like you know, we're not going to play well in the first half. Um, Whatever. That's that's pretty predictable. But whenever you have another team come in though, and you say they're not playing very well, I mean, like you said earlier, Dr. Tottenham. It just springs to me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I don't feel good about this game at all. And then we have to go to Craven Cottage on Monday after that. So like, I'm I'm thinking about Preston North End, but like, I'll be honest <laughs> with you, man. I'm scouting. You already picking Fulham too? 
I'm looking, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Preston's uh, highlights. I'm trying to figure out how we match up. Like, uh, Fulham is Wait, Fulham is going to be Monday, right? Yeah, Fulham is going to be tough. Yeah, Fulham's next month. Fulham's flying right now. I guess we grab, we probably should pick results for that now. There's, there's, we're likely not going to record before that game. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm gonna go with. Oh God, do I want to <laughs> pick three straight losses? Um, I really don't want us to lose five one Fulham. <laughs> one zero one zero spurs no one one so like as the spurs world to... turns we're gonna beat city and we're like oh my god yeah we're gonna screw fulham and then we're gonna draw one one against fulham <laughs> i think I, I you know i think i like one one i think i'm gonna go one one as well um fulham fulham plays defense too so we're gonna have a hard time scoring um, I like one one. I'm gonna go two one Fulham. Wow, the double dipper from Ben. Yeah, keeping my hot streak alive. I wasn't willing to do it, but yeah, I I could definitely see us dropping both of these matches. I'll just I'll be a lot happier to be wrong in this scenario, at least instead of keep picking stupid Spurs scores when I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm also gonna find go them. Look what one. you've done to us. <laughs> I'm also going to go 2-1 Fulham because I do feel like at home and like you say that it's that's the kind that's of That's a hard place just, to play. It's not even that it's They're right on top of you. That's, that's just stadium. That's just the yeah. that's just the kind of team that I don't think we will play well against because they play hard and they're going to make it difficult for us. And yeah, I can just see us getting overrun in midfield. <laughs> Like I say, like, um, that's say never happened before. But we're just yeah. gonna keep so, two men in the midfield regardless. We're never gonna change so, that strategy. It's not trying. So I, like I said, I can just see us getting overrun in midfield. I can see Mitrovic popping up with a goal, and us losing. Yeah, two one. This is the first time I actually like called the loss. <laughs> this is what you brought me to. Tom. Wow, this is what you. I mean, this is, it's it's true. This is what the team Dr. brought us Tyler to. Cured, cured our optimism. <laughs> Yeah, take two and call us in the morning. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll see how it goes. We've got one on Thursday. We've got one on Monday. Um, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, the Spurs haven't killed us yet. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on.